Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You ready? Let's go. Bad snap, but Montez scoops it up with time to throw. And he gets it to Chanel, who's got a first down. Inside the five-yard line. Clock stops for a moment. Mangum in motion. Chenault is in! Touchdown, Colorado! With Donald Hammond pitching it to Caden Remsburg, who scores on the first play of OT. Welcome back. It is the Fan Cave right here. Only here on Mile High Sports, MileHighSports.com. You can stream us live right there. You heard some highlights from uh, 2019, the last time these two teams met, Air Force and Colorado. See you going down there for the first time in, uh, I think, like 50 years or something like that. It's been a minute since um, any P5 school has been down uh, in Falcon Stadium to play against uh, Air Force there. I think the last time was 2004. And, and guess who was quarterback for your Cal Bears, John? Uh, let me know. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yes, he was. And uh, so we're going to talk uh, preview. Some CU Buffs, Air Force Falcons right now decided, what do we do? We go out and we bring in the best. We're bringing in Adam Munster-Tiger from Buff Stampede. Give us a little CU perspective. And then, of course, Brent Brigham, who is uh, the Colorado Gazette covering all things Air Force. Gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for joining us here today. Happy to be with you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Absolutely. So, guys, um, yeah, we, we the, the goal is to kind of give a, a little bit of perspective from inside the program here, uh, the programs uh, for Air Force, for um, for CU. Can you give us a little bit? And, and, and Brent, we'll start with you with Air Force. Um, you know, like we said, it's been a while um, since a, a, a Power 5 program has come in there. Um, and now it's it's going to be CU marching down uh, to the Springs. Can you give us a little bit of a, of a feel, a pulse of kind of what the environment is like down there right now in this week leading up to this game and this opponent? Yeah, I think there's kind of two pulses going on. With the with the players, there's just a lot of excitement just because this opportunity doesn't come around very often. And, I mean, that goes for the in-state thing, you know, because in 2019 they swept CU and CSU. They played both of them again this year. They would love to repeat that. You know, they call the state champions Kings of Colorado. So the players are excited. And like you said, it's been a long time since the Power 5 team's been here. Notre Dame's been here a few times since Cal came in 04, but – but really, this just doesn't happen very often. Basically, once in a career for these guys, if that. So, from a football perspective, they're excited to play up, play an in-state game. But then there's the whole other side of this thing when you've got the, the military community and a lot of the retired guys who live around here who still hold grudges you know, from the 1970s, when, which was the reason this series was discontinued for so long, because there were just a lot of, a lot of skirmishes and incidents that happened during the Vietnam era. Uh, you know, CU fans, one of the superintendents from Air Force was hit with a beer can, you know, just a, a lot of ugliness that kind of happened. 
And uh, so they just kind of stepped away from playing, and obviously it ended up being 48 years before CU returned. So you've got these guys, some of whom are excited about it, some of whom never wanted to see CU again, and then you got the players who are pretty pumped up. So it's, it's, a, it's a fun mix of emotion down here. Oh, I appreciate that. Adam, uh, let's move from the Springs up to Boulder and uh, the Foothills. Tell us a little bit about what's the week look like up there with Coach Durrell and the, and, uh, the Buffs. Yeah, a lot of apathy within the fan base. And then, uh, you know, this football program trying to cling on to some optimism within, you know, those walls. Obviously, uh, the quarterback situation is a lot of people uh, kind of down on this program because we've now seen 13 games with Brennan Lewis behind center. And it's not been pretty, you know. Uh, in a majority of those starts, seven of the 13, he's thrown for under 103 yards. Only twice within those 13 starts has he thrown for more than 170 yards. So it's just been a a painful offense to watch with him at the helm. And you've got this guy named J.T. Shroud with all this arm talent that you saw glimpses of in that season opener against TCU. But even those were inopportune situations that J.T. Shroud was thrown into. And so a lot of frustrated people, just fans, just wondering why they're not willing to make a change at that position. And even this week, Darrell has been kind of uh, quiet about the quarterback situation. So we're not quite sure who's going to be the first quarterback to take the first snap. I would not be surprised if it's Brendan Lewis again. It just for whatever reason, the the staff has been a little bit stubborn with that position and and wanting to make a change there. Hey, Adam, real quick question here. Uh, Some of uh, CU's uh, senior class and uh, was, you know, saying how they felt like uh, the the buffs kind of started to give up on the game when it came to the second half, had their heads down. Uh, things along those lines. Uh, what do you have to say about that? And, and in terms of the players, how are they feeling? Are they are they up for this? Are they feeling down? What's going on with the players in their head? Yeah, it's it's tough to make a blanket statement there. You know, I have talked to a few guys off the record, and, and you know, talking to three players uh, doesn't you know necessarily represent the entire team. But I know there's a little frustration defensively of. Last year, that was a defense that largely played well enough for Colorado to at least be a bowl team. You know, they, they had arguably the, the worst FBS offense, and they still found a, a way to win four games last year. And so the defense really was not the problem. Some of those scores got out of reach kind of like last Friday where, you know, you, you hold TCU to seven points through a half, and then it just at some point you need some help from that offense. And so – that de- I don't know if there's necessarily fingers being pointed, but definitely, like you alluded to there, and Brady Russell, a tight end, and Quinn Perry, a linebacker captain, mentioning the guys were hanging their heads a little bit. At some point, this offense has got to score some points. Otherwise, you can't ask this defense to keep going out there and stopping the opponent time after time and not getting any help there. That right there is Adam Tiger from Buff Stampede, buffstampede.com. Also, we've got Brent Brigham, Colorado Gazette, covering all things Air Force. Uh, Brent, question for you. Um, Air Force coming off a a convincing win last week, 48-17. to You saw them rack up uh, on the ground almost 600 yards rushing and and, uh, CU giving up almost 300 yards rushing last week. Um, The takeaway there for the team when it comes to kind of thought process coming in and game planning against uh, CU, I know third down they did. Air Force did have a couple of turnovers. Um, and and also, um, you know, Air Force is a team that at third and fourth down, I don't know if there's really a difference there. They like to go for it um, and treat fourth as it is a third down. What are your thoughts, um, 
number one, coming in and takeaways from last week's game uh, against Northern Iowa and what they were able to do on the ground, and how does that translate over to this week against CU? Well, the turnovers were late in the game. Those were reserves who won't be playing on Saturday, so that that's not a factor at all. In the first half, I believe they scored on every possession. Uh, so, you know, the offense looked in midseason form right away, and obviously the mindset is always the same with Air Force. They're going to run, you know, and it's not – a predictable running game. They attack from all different ways, but they do run. It's a run one way or the other. And then they hit you over the top as soon as the safeties start crowding up to help. So that's always the game plan. Um, the the issue they could run into against CU is just the size of that CU defensive line. You know, if they're able to stop the fullback dive and then Air Force, you know, if they can't move the chains up the middle, they become a little more predictable when they have to go to the edges. And then if they're predictable in the passing game, that changes everything because most of you know the, the element of surprise is their biggest weapon with passing. So you take that away and it changes that. So I think really the biggest factor for CU is you know how the inside linebackers and especially that defensive line can play because if they can handle the line of scrimmage, it kind of negates Air Force's advantages. But, I mean, Air Force runs this every week and rarely are teams able to do that. So I would be very surprised if he's able to do that, but that would be their one way if they were going to win this game. I think that's where it has to start because otherwise I think their force is just so well-versed in what they run. And then with the veteran quarterback and Hazik Daniels, who's in his third year as a starter, and Brad Roberts, a tail, or a fullback who ran for 1,400 yards last year. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. They know how to run it. Same offensive coordinator for 16 years. So, you know, Air Force knows what they are and knows how to do it. I would be surprised if CU knows how to combat it. Hey, Adam, real quick here. Uh, wondering about Mike Sanford. Uh, he sounded like he was going to change his game plan up a little bit. He was using multiple offensive sets. Uh, sounds like he was interested in using some uh, zone scheme to go with uh, Brendan Lewis. What are your thoughts on the scheme, basically? What's it going to be this weekend, and does it change based on the quarterback? Yeah, it does uh, change based on the quarterback. Like you alluded to there, Brendan Lewis is more of the running quarterback, but he's not like in that Michael Vick mold. You know, he, he's a guy that can break some arm tackles because he's got a, a good lower body base that, that can kind of muscle through some of those arm tackles. But, uh, yeah, if, if JT Shrout's back there, what you're going to do is you're, you're going to use the perimeter advantage over Air Force and try to get um, the athletes the ball downfield, whereas R.J. Sneed has been dealing with a foot injury, but he did get in for nine snaps last week against TCU, uh, and uh, they, they expect him to be – on the field a little bit more this week. He led Baylor in receiving a couple years ago. He, he's their top playmaker offensively, so if you can get him out there for 30 plays and try to stretch the, the defense a little bit, I, I think that would be the strategy with J.T. Shrout. Uh, with Brennan Lewis, he just has not had any consistency, as I alluded to earlier, with his uh, with his arm. So you would definitely have to establish that but uh, on the ground. But the, the thing is, if you're trying to use Brendan Lewis as a runner primarily, uh, you're basically trying to do what Air Force does best. I uh, mean, you're not going to out Air Force Air Force. So I think that would be a flawed strategy. Brendan Lewis does take care of the ball a little bit more than I think you would probably see with J.T. Shrout if and when he takes over as the starting quarterback. Uh, because he does trust his arm talent, J.T. Shrout does, to maybe try to force a few more throws than Brennan Lewis does. But at least if you had Shrout back there with his arm, you'd kind of have a puncher's chance from a, uh, you know, being able to stretch the field a little bit, whereas Brennan Lewis, again, in 13 starts, has just not shown the ability to do that. Adam Munster-Tiger with Buff Stampede and Brent Brigerman with the Colorado Gazette. Gentlemen, Adam, you can start. Um, let the listeners know how they can follow you, uh, whether it's on social or uh, your work online. 
Yeah, just go to BuffStampede.com for the, the latest CU team coverage. And then on Twitter, I'm at AdamCM777. And, and Brent? for me, it's uh, at Gazette.com. We, we have uh, had this week covered. I mean, we, we have writers at the Denver Gazette and the Colorado Springs Gazette. So we've had it covered from both angles. And Woody Page, Paul Klee, you know, we've, we've got this from, from every way you can look at it. Gazette.com, on Twitter, I'm at Brent Bergerman. Uh, I'm not going to spell it for you. <laughs> go, go to Gazette.com. You'll, you'll find our stuff. Brent, Adam, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. We're trying to launch something special here and bringing some voices to those who cover uh, the Colorado college sports. Uh, you guys are the best. Your content is fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us here on the uh, Fan Cape College Football Edition. All right. Thank you for the time. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. There you guys got it. I mean, great insight there, John. Well, it's been something that's been very you know concerning for me. I'm very interested in, so I, I love the answer I heard there, and and I'm I'm looking forward to see what the, what is actually going to transpire. It's all happening in uh, the next 24 hours. You'll have a kickoff there down in the Springs with Air Force and CU. Um, and, and I like what Brent said earlier. It's about um, you know it's an opportunity for Air Force to rec- not reclaim, but um, kind of claim again the state of Colorado college football wise. Yeah, and I have to admit, I didn't know that about CU uh, back in the 70s. That was great to to learn about, to understand why that 50-year period took place. That insight is great. We're going to bring you more. We're going to move up to Fort Collins, and we're going to talk some CSU. We're bringing in the first lady of CSU football, Kim Norvell, will be joining us, and uh, we'll get a little insight on uh, uh, what it's like being a college football head coach's wife. Uh, What does that look like during the during the week, during the offseason, in-season, and maybe uh, is Coach Jay Novell a boxer or a brief guy? I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll try to see if we can figure that out. It is the Fan Cave College Football Edition. I'm Tony Comas alongside me, John Cronenberg, Andrew Detmer behind the glass. Don't go anywhere when we come back. It's more college football right here on 98.1-1075-HD3, Mile High Sports. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.